All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the Get Fit Guy's quick and dirty tips to get moving and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong, and I'm the Get Fit Guy. I use terms like stability, mobility, flexibility, and balance all the time in my podcast episodes and my articles, but I rarely have the time to do a deep examination of each. So today, with the help of my special guest expert, I am going to rectify that issue. Now, to help me in this endeavor, I have asked Yoga 15's Abby Carver back on the podcast, and you may remember her from a past Get Fit Guy episode that was all about how you can use yoga to improve your athletic performance. Now, Abby, if you've forgotten, is the founder of and an instructor at Yoga 15 and a two-time 200-hour Yoga Alliance certified yoga teacher and a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer. So she knows a thing or two about how the body works, which makes her the perfect person to explain stability and how it relates to the human body. So stability, as it relates to the human body, refers to the ability to hold a position and also to control your movement. Yeah, from an anatomical perspective, stability is the ability to hold a position, but it's also the ability to control your movement through different, you know, different movements and different um, positions. Now, this seems simple and straightforward enough, but I think it sometimes gets a little muddled up with some other terms like mobility and balance. So I asked Abby to set us straight on that. So yes, um, stability and mobility typically refer to joints. So for each of our joints, we have a spectrum of available mobility and a spectrum of available stability. Stability is that you can think of it as the strength of a joint and mobility is the range of motion at that joint. So let's take um, ankle, for instance. There's quite a lot of mobility at the ankle. You can circle your ankle, you can flex and extend your ankle. So there's not so much stability there as there is mobility. But if you take something like the lower back or the pelvis, there's much less range of motion or mobility there and much more stability. So each of the joints has an optimum range, both for mobility and for stability. And then how does balance fit into it? Right. Well, balance to me is slightly separate because it's not just to do with... Balance is essentially much more complicated. It's not just to do with joints because it also relates to proprioception, which is your body sense of where your body is in space. So for instance, if you were going to challenge your, your balance by standing on one leg, not only do you need stability, stability in your ankles, in your core, in your hips and pelvis, but you also need a good sense of balance and proprioception. So that 
that is balance is actually a little bit more complicated than those other two mobility and stability which typically are just related to the joints now at this point you may be feeling like this is a great lesson in biomechanics and more specifically how nerds like abby and i have categorized movements and functions but there is more to it you don't need to be a sports scientist or even an elite athlete for this to be meaningful stuff my initial response to this is that even if we are elite athletes we're not spending very much time in the day just dedicated to our athletic endeavors. There's a lot more of the time doing the other mundane activities of the day, whether that's walking up and down stairs or picking up awkward objects at strange angles or sitting in front of the television. All of these activities, we're going to spend a lot more of our time doing. So really, even though it is incredibly important to have good stability as an athlete, as a human being, it's pretty of pretty high importance just for our day-to-day activities. So, having said that, how would having stability, which we're primarily developing for our regular daily life, actually help us in our athletic endeavors? I mean, how can we make the most of it during the 30 to 90 minutes per day that we devote to actively focusing on getting fit? Well, in terms of every day, we don't want to hurt ourselves And then also in our athletic pursuits, there's a few really important aspects that we need good stability for. Uh, Initially, I would say just that good stability is the foundation for effective movement. So moving with control, moving with precision, moving fast, moving with high reaction speeds. For that, we need to have good stability at the joints. There's also an efficiency element to it. So if any aspect of our body is unstable then we're going to waste energy if that's true so let's say we're riding on a bicycle and we don't have good core strength then another muscle another group of muscles another joint is going to have to take up that slack and that's when we're going to waste energy so there's a kind of an effectiveness point an efficiency point also stability is just crucial for preventing injuries so there's um there's a quote from peter atia md mm-hmm quite a nice guy, well-known doctor, he says, I love this line, he says, virtually every injury a person has is due to instability, to forces leaking out of the body because we can't hold the body in its correct place. Hmm. I think that's so important. He's a big proponent of stability training. And basically, it just comes down to that. I remember um, my brother fell down the stairs recently, and I realized that he, he thinks he tripped, he slipped. But actually, I think that you can slip and not hurt yourself. It's just because you have instability at some, maybe your ankle is, uh, is unstable, that that's when you're going to actually hurt yourself. Actually, there is one other reason that athletes need stability, and that is that the sort of muscular imbalances that arise from repetitive training. So let's take a cyclist again. You're going to set up imbalances in the body from being on the bike for such a long period of time in the same posture that um, these muscular imbalances that can lead to pain, so often that might be in between the shoulder blades or lower back pain, we can actually use stability training to correct those muscular imbalances. So we can not only stretch muscles that are tight, but we can also bolster those that are weaker. So we can strengthen the muscles that support our shoulder blades. We can strengthen the muscles at the lower back. We can strengthen the muscles in our ankles. And by doing that, we are addressing the muscular imbalances, which over time can lead to pain and to injury. 
Now, a good example of this is the common running injury that's referred to as runner's knee, which is just a simple term used to describe a whole constellation of knee pain symptoms. Historically speaking, the runner's knee injury has been attributed to irritation and a softening of the cartilage lining on the undersurface of the kneecap, but more recently, some cases have been linked to the imbalance of having weak quadriceps and overly strong or tight hamstrings. Yeah, exactly. So, so with targeted stability training, we can do exercises to strengthen the knee, to strengthen the hamstrings, and yeah, exactly, to, to counteract that imbalance. Before I go on, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, all about metabolism. And his company, MetPro, continues to help thousands of people transform their bodies by hacking their metabolism through concierge coaching. Now, I spent a couple of months actually using MetPro a while ago, and it was a really cool experience, I have to say. MetPro is doing some really interesting and innovative work to help you better understand your body so you can get the results you want. And MetPro actually just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and the tailored strategy that their experts are using. And you know what? It's not a food logging tool or a workout app for that matter. The MetPro app actually allows you to start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to using science. And my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up if you head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to take advantage of this opportunity. That's metpro.co slash getfitguy for up to one month for free. I want to tell you about today's sponsor, the FitTrack Dara Smart Scale. FitTrack gives you in-depth insights on your fitness progress to help you reach your goals. The Dara Smart Scale measures 17 health metrics, including BMI, hydration, muscle mass, and a whole lot more, and it syncs with the free FitTrack app. So all your health insights are available, well, wherever you are. And the scale takes up to eight different users, which is something I really like about FitTrack because, well, I don't live alone and it's really nice to have those insights available to everybody in the house. Now, I like to track my muscle mass, but my partner has an eye on her hydration levels. So whatever you want to focus on, FitTrack can help you do it. So stop measuring just your weight and start measuring your health with FitTrack. Go to getfittrack.com slash fit to take 50% off your order. Plus, for a limited time, you'll also save an additional 10%. If you go to G-E-T-F-I-T-T-R-A-C-K, that's getfittrack.com slash fit, and you will save 50% plus an additional 10% off your order. So don't miss out on this amazing limited time offer and go to getfittrack.com slash fit. Abby's story about her brother tripping on the stairs reminded me of a time when I was a young touring ballet dancer. When we were on the road, I'd often go for a morning run before the bus took us to our next performance destination, and I recall rolling my ankle many times with absolutely no repercussions. In the moment, I would think, oh crap, am I going to be able to dance tomorrow? But you know what? I always was. It's like I had achieved a level of stability that made me impervious to that particular issue anyway. A part of that is going to be your proprioception. You would have had the opportunity to sort of style out a fall. <laughs> you know, you'd have, you'd, have, you'd have broken it in a way as not to call yourself harm. There is the proprioceptive element there too. 
But I do think that stability is such... I mean, my mum did exactly the same thing recently. She fell and she smashed her wrist to smithereens. And maybe you or I would have bruised ourselves, but we wouldn't be wouldn't necessarily have to have surgery. Mm-hmm. So it may be a question of how severe an injury is. And that maybe as an athlete, if you do have a good sense of where your body's in space, if you do have a, a balance between the muscles and the joints, then potentially we're just reducing the severity of the injury and how long, how much time we're going to have to take off training or just, you know, everyday, everyday stuff. And now it's time for the golden question. What is the best way to get stability? There are so many exercises and workout options available, it can be overwhelming to decide which workout to do, period, let alone which one will build this amazing stability superpower. So I asked Abby what she would suggest, whether it's weightlifting, bodyweight exercises, Pilates, or yoga. I think there's a place for all of those. And each of those disciplines has its advantages and disadvantages. So let's take weightlifting, which actually I wouldn't immediately think of. Uh, I would think of something like weightlifting better f- is better for strength training. But actually, of course, in weightlifting, you do take your your muscles and joints to their end ranges of movement often. So if you're doing a squat with weight, then actually you are building stability in your joints. But the problem with weightlifting is that you're often working muscles and joints in isolation. So although it does have advantages because you really are putting your body under, you're subjecting it to stress, which is great for improving stability because of the inherent isolation that we generally do in weightlifting. And also if you're using a weight as opposed to using your body weight, then you could potentially overweight your body, which is sort of impossible to do with your body weight because you have that your own innate system to tell whether that's too much strain on a, a joint. You've, you've got that feedback loop there. So I would say that weightlifting can be great, but also you'd want to you'd want to balance that with probably a body weight system as well as uh, something which which works muscles in sort of muscle integration. So you mentioned Pilates which is also fantastic for building uh, stability. But there you're not getting the mobility aspect and you're not getting the different planes of motion. So with something like yoga, which is obviously the area that I would use to do stability training because of my background, what you have there is the ability to move your body in all planes of motion. So you're then, you're, you're not only building stability, but you're also building flexibility and mobility and balance at the same time. And also those, those multiplanar motions can help to move your body out of the habitual movement patterns, which can help with the muscular imbalances. So I like yoga for it because of the fact that we are integrating muscles together, that we're not working in isolation, that we're using our body weight, that we're moving through all planes of motion. But also there's some added elements here. We, we focus on the breath. There's a really, really close attention paid to alignment. So it's really important what all of our joints are doing. We're moving really slowly so we can pay attention to that, which again, if you were doing CrossFit, at that speed and under that pressure, you don't have the time to perfect the alignment and you don't have the time to listen to the feedback signals that you get from the body awareness. And you also, with yoga, we pay close attention to breath. So this also helps us, it helps us to gauge the appropriate effort level. So if we, if we find that we're out of breath, 
then we know that we we could be over over efforting that we could be injuring ourselves and so yeah those are elements of why i think that yoga is is really really great for for improving stability all right on to the quick and dirty tip part of the podcast episode with all of this in mind, Abby has three surprisingly simple exercises that you can perform to develop your overall stability. One of the beauties of yoga is that we have a number of different uh, poses that give you similar benefits from different angles. So for instance, you could take a posture like plank, and that's obviously a fantastic pose for stability, not only for core stability, but for shoulder stability. For, for pelvis, for ankles, for your legs. That's a great um, overall posture. But then you could modify that. You could do a side plank and then you'd be strengthening your, your obliques at the same time and improving hip stability a little more. And then also we have the supine version of that, which is upward facing plank. And that's gonna work on the posterior muscles and the stability on the back of your body. So with those three poses, you're pretty much enhancing the stability in all of your joints. So, and they're easy to remember as well. You just got plank, side plank, and upward facing plank. And of course, we won't leave you hanging. Abby has some resources for you as well. When it comes to stability yoga poses, I do actually have a free resource on my site, which is the, so my site is yoga15.com. And on there, there's a pose library with video tutorials and written instructions for I don't know, 50, 60, 70 poses. And you'll find on there the instructions to plank, side plank, upward facing plank, as well as all the other stability poses. You could practice boat pose or tree pose. And you'll find all the instructions on the site there and they're available for everybody. All right. I'd like to thank Abby Carver one more time for coming on the Get Fit Guy podcast for the second time and providing us with this excellent stability information. Thanks, Abby. And remember, you can find her at yoga15.com, and she's all over social media as well. Now, don't forget to tune in next week because I'm going to be talking about a, a workout craze that you're probably familiar with because it's been around for a while. It's called Beachbody Insanity, and I'll be giving it a thorough reviewing, so you won't want to miss that. Also, if you have some time on October 4th, I'd love for you to join myself and Monica Reinagel, the nutrition diva, for a free workshop all about the three-step method for changing unhealthy behaviors that we've discovered while working with all of our clients in the Way Less program. And you can find out all about that if you go to wayless.life. That's wayless.life. Now, my name's Brock Armstrong. I'm the Get Fit Guy, asking you... What are you waiting for? Get out there and get stable.